You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our continued coverage of Total Drama Island. We are back post-merge, even though we just had last merge, but we are well into the merge now with official challenges underway. We have no new returning people to think about this episode. We're just into a regular standard merge challenge and merge episode. And yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, I didn't have anything planned to say, but it's an episode. Uh, we'll, we'll try and talk less than an hour because that's how long Colin's got. Uh, <laughs> I bet we'll be under that. But well, who knows? Maybe he'll be leaving halfway through this episode and maybe we have a lot to discuss. But who knows? Anyway, uh, I'm your host, Rossi, and I'm joined by our full panel. All of our commentators are here. So Chris Dixon can give a cheer that everyone is here in attendance, uh, specifically the man of the hour, Colin. Colin, welcome back. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I said this before we got in the air, I'll say it now. I have twins. I will yawn. And you may hear them in the background. If anybody hears them, uh, give us a shout out. Say that you like the, uh, the children cameo here. Yeah, I mean, they've been in, on some of these episodes before, and uh, why, why should we stop now? Exactly, yeah. yeah. They're pretty much co-hosts at this point. <laughs> I mean, they, they were here since the Oz Network founding, so... That's right. <laughs> Not were. the twins, but, the, but your children. If anybody really <laughs> wants a laugh, listen to the John Wick or John Wick Chapter 2 recap that Jamie and I did the day before she gave birth, where she was squatting on the floor. You can Ooh. hear it all. <laughs> Or don't. Um. <laughs> I get we're in quarantine. You have more time to listen to things, but listen to There's some other content, maybe. If you're Total drama episodes one through fifteen. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, but you heard him. Uh, Ivan is also back for another week after some time off. But we're glad to have you back, Ivan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Still uh, chugging along, alternating between uh, Toll Drama, Pokemon, and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure on Netflix. So I'm glad to talk about one of those three things today. <laughs> yes, uh, neither of us have uh, started a show on the other two, but uh, who knows yeah. in this quarantine. Yeah, we'll n- you never know. It seems Let's... like Oz Network covers a wide variety, so we'll see. Let's just throw it in. We'll pad out the whole hour here. <laughs> Uh, but last but not least on our panel jared is back for another week uh his 16th in a row plus one i guess you could say counting last week's yeah keeping this the streak alive and and big shout out to our our major sponsor cleaver for uh sponsoring (laughs) this podcast yeah they're they're a big uh contributor here of the uh, episodes that we're putting out uh glad to have them on board uh but anyway let's get into this episode um, Colin, I know that you had some reservations on some of the merge uh, last episode, so I'm curious to see now that it's like an official challenge, we don't have to have any pretense, there's no like, hey, like, here's these people that you kind of forgot about coming back, and mm-hmm. like, what was your kind of thoughts on an actual just standard free-for-all episode? Um, I mean, it's better than the last two weeks i would say um because it's nice to get back into challenges and get back into competition everything i think what really worked about this was the the drama the total drama um the the (laughs) heather heather drama which she's easily my favorite character um i i don't really think that there this isn't gonna be one of these things where i remember years from now I'm, i'm gonna remember if somebody says to me hey you remember chris is the pirate i'm gonna say yeah they say what was the challenge i'll be beats me but you know, if they say, "Oh, do you remember the 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 Gwen Heather Trent thing?" I'll be like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." And it, it is weird. I think when we get to the end, I'm seeing a difference now that we're at the merge. Uh, that they're maybe slowly starting to wrap things up because we got what about ten episodes left after this, somewhere around there. I can see them slowly starting to wrap certain things up, which is a little bit of a shock, just because we're so used to these shocking endings that almost have no end, which is meant to make you tune in for another week, two weeks, whatever, later in the season. But I mean, there was still some good stuff in here. It's just, it's not necessarily going to be like a huge standout. 
Yeah, it's definitely one of those kind of feels like a stock standard episode in the season where some, you know, an elimination had to happen. Uh, we didn't get anything overly crazy. I mean, the whole uh, elimination of the contestant and the drama that came was probably the biggest groundbreaking, but in terms of, you know, challenge done, you know, nothing overly out of character or anything like that. So we can't really be like jaw dropped in terms of anything from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, what was your uh, remembrance of this? Because I I definitely did not remember like half this episode. <laughs> no, I didn't think I remembered any of it. The only thing I like I remembered was, and I didn't know it was this episode, but I knew that uh, Paul Lashawna's uh, Caravan of Glory, the trailer was going to get blown up at some point. I didn't think it was so soon after she won it, but I just knew that like um, that was not going to end well. Um, so seeing that, uh, that definitely kind of um, was a nostalgic moment, See, seeing the trailer be, be blown to smithereens. But who knows, maybe that um, destroys the car curse. We don't know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's translated uh, down to Total Drama Island from Survivor. What was, Ivan, what was your, because I'm curious, since we have like three completely different perspectives, we got Colin first time. You know, Jared and I are revisiting it, and you're essentially like the the super duper fan of of Total Drum Island on the panel here. So, what was your like kind of initial thoughts going into the episode, and then rewatching it? Like, how did you feel? Like, what stood out, and like what was kind of the takeaways for you in terms of the episode? Yeah, I remember this episode as one of the uh, several uh, climaxes of the biggest rivalry of this season, and everything else kind of falls in the background like yeah you got you know some funny owen moments you have an interesting quote-unquote challenge because it really was more of a crapshoot than a challenge but overall the most interesting parts stick out for me and it is a pretty uh, pivotal episode based on the result i know that colin you've given me a lot of uh, flack for some of the challenges that these episodes do that I like, like uh, the sleep challenge where you were like, oh, what is this challenge? I hate this. And I was like, this is the challenge that I love about this show. Um, and I don't know if you agree, but I could not stand this. This challenge was awful. Like, I, Oh, we completely not, agree this week. <laughs> I could not follow it. I could not believe that they like, I, I like the idea, like this pirate theme, you have to hunt for the treasure and like, uh, you know, dangerous situation, like, fine. But, like, the whole, like, everyone's got a random, like, key location that they pull out of a bucket, and then, like, the prizes are so random, and then some keys don't open anything. It's just, like, total Chris producer manipulation that just took away <laughs> the fun of it. Like, there was no fun in watching, like, Owen suffer for the bear than get nothing. Granted, I mean, I don't mind Owen suffering too much because he's not my favorite. But, like, I don't know. The challenge for me was just not it. And I'm glad to see that we're finally on agreement on a challenge. Yeah, it's yeah. it's more just the lack of logic in the challenge. Like, I I didn't understand the rules. I mean, I, for me, the worst example of a challenge is still the, the fear factor one just because the little gags they did, not all of them really hit as far as jokes. This one, I feel like all the jokes kind of hit. But I just could not make sense of the rules. Like, what is this supposed to be? What is the challenge here? I think what got me through it was being able to see the manipulation with uh, with Heather and Gwen and Trent. And even seeing, seeing Lashana be able to get involved in some of the manipula- manipulation too was great. But uh, I, I don't think I could tell you now what this challenge was supposed to be, nor do I even think this necessarily need to be a challenge episode. Like, I would have been okay with, let's take a break from challenges and let's have a week, or maybe the challenge is only like a five-minute segment, and let's just focus this episode all on these people interacting, because that's really what it was. I don't feel like the challenge lent itself in any way to uh, the drama that was unfolding just uh, between the, the different characters personally. Yeah, I don't know, Jared, we've, you've been here for these discussions. Where do you stand on the issue of whether this challenge was living um... up to hype? Like, I get the criticism, but I kind of loved it. I suppose I loved it for the reasons that you guys didn't like it, that it was producer manipulation, that it was unfair, that it all came down to just, like, picking the right key out of the bucket. And I just think all the individual gags pay off enough that I was 
like, yes, this is a good challenge. Like, I love the fact that Owen goes to all the effort and gets nothing, which probably had, has to do with the fact that I can't stand him. Um, but yeah, I just think everything delivered. And um, I would agree that the best moments of the episode are kind of the moments that fall outside the challenge with Heather's uh, manipulation. But I just think it was really fun to watch and... I don't know. I think we've kind of criticized challenges before that have kind of this formulaic, like each person gets their segment. Um, but I felt that this just, it worked. I think maybe because we have less people in the game that it's not kind of going through like a, a million and one players and, and taking up so much time. But I think here, like it was pretty obvious of like who did and didn't get their keys. And then they throw in the twists of some of the keys don't work. Um and I, I, I don't know. I just like the randomness of it all and all the crummy prizes prizes they got at the end, like LaShauna's like, leg lamp. <laughs> that was one of the highlights, too. The, the lamp from... Uh, have you guys seen the movie Christmas Story? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, that's literally what... I don't know if they were intending to go for that. It was just, let's have another leg lamp. But, like, I, I completely lost it when I saw that. I mean, I will agree with Jared. Like, the prizes were good and some of the gags. And particularly for me, Izzy... Uh, they found a way to work her in, even though I still think she's a pointless character, you know, as far as the, the overall story goes, like the story arc. But uh, when when Heather was um, uh, saying Izzy tried to help her or whatever, and then she's just like, bees, stinging, terror, lost keys, like, that That was a great game. So I'll agree with Jared, there were some good gags in here, despite the fact that I still don't think the rules of the challenge made any sense to me. That was the that was Lindsay who said the bees terror comment. Izzy dealt with the rattlesnake instead, and then like, yeah, it clamped on her, and she's just like, "Oh, it's okay, kisses, <laughs> thanks." <laughs> yeah, no, Izzy was Izzy and Lindsay were both in like like top form this week. Yeah, I love them both this episode. I felt like Jared made a good point. Like a lot of the from jokes landed. I feel like there was no major like, oh, what to the mm-hmm. to the jokes and the gags of the episode it was more so just like like colin said the structure that we kind of wanted just wasn't there because <laughs> i felt like this was some of the funniest like moments like you were talking about guys were talking about Lindsay and izzy mm-hmm. um and then some stuff that i didn't remember like jared remembered the lashana uh trailer blow up i didn't remember that at all oh. i was like oh yeah that happened uh so stuff yeah. like that like definitely landed and then obviously the storyline uh Worked really well. Uh, Ivan, was this one of your fond challenges, or were you eh, on the challenge? The challenges, like, the way I would have struck the challenge would be different in the sense of, like, this is just, like, the writer's way of, like, okay, how are we giving Heather immunity? It's like, okay, we'll just have her get the one that happens to lead to immunity. But, so in that regards, I would have said had it so like whoever succeeded in getting their key there's another like a second part of the challenge where like everyone has a shot at immunity but obviously that would be a little too long for a 22 minute episode as for all the different tasks themselves i thought it was pretty funny and a few of them did have a bit more of a payoff like jeff going through the septic tank and then lashana using that to reroute the sewage to get back at heather at the end that was funny yeah especially the the moment where he's like you're telling me that i snorkeled in a septic tank and all i get is cologne and he's like nice (laughs) that's very in character for jeff like yeah you just can't have him in a good mood i mean in a bad mood (laughs) I mean, uh, I don't want to spoil too much for Colin, but I'm. We're gonna get to the point where um, the invincibility and the the fairness of who is safe in certain challenges at this point kind of loses it. Like this is the start of that for me. Oh uh, yeah. In the in the sense that being safe this episode or being declared on the wiki as the winner of this challenge is totally <laughs> random. Uh, I, I feel like there were, they could have played with it a little more in the sense that, like, I, I in my head, I was predicting the episode to end where Heather has Izzy and Lindsay's keys, and that's how, like, she's able to do so well or something like that. They just, like, give her the keys or something. But no, she just happens to luck out in the, the blanket that she was had Chef's key, which was the winning key that had the immun- like, 
some of these like lines that they connect are just so uh, totally random and they're just like serving the story but uh, i mean it paid off in a really dramatic episode so i can't say i hate too much of how it played out i just think maybe a little bit of the the fairness that we're going to keep critiquing throughout the rest of the season (laughs) (laughs) to be fair she had the most difficult challenge of them all so really that's where the invincibility key should have been did she Mm. i don't know like, Lashana had to fight alligators. Duncan had that uh, hoop with that was lit on fire. Um, Owen, of course, like, you know, the bear. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty challenging. Like, Heather certainly earned that success. Like, she found a way around it. You know, I'm trying to think in my head, what was the one that I would not want to do? Um all of these well i mean i would do dj's this was literally hanging in a tree hmm. so like yeah it was a tall tree though but yeah i guess that's of all of these like that was one of the more docile ones for sure yeah some of them were just like totally unreasonable and unexpected but i think that's what makes yeah. the challenge total drama island challenge worthy uh, yeah uh so kind of just going to go through the beginning of the episode. A few things that I wanted to touch on was, uh, you know, Jared and I have been on outfit watch for Chef at the beginning of the season. I don't know. Jared, was this Chris's first outfit? Mm. I feel like he's definitely had something before, I want to say, at this point. But um, Wasn't he like, like a ballerina? Is, I think that was Chef as well. Wasn't yeah, that it? was Chef. That's that what... was Chef, yeah. Um, uh, Chris had like that pilot outfit in the uh, extreme challenge yeah oh yeah because he flew in didn't he yeah i can't wait to get my pilot's license yeah yeah (laughs) this definitely stands out a lot more though because like i said you know i mean it took ivan mentioning that to remind me but if you were to you know ask me do you remember Chris as the pirate? That's going to stand out for me, even though I think some of it was kind of cheesy. You know, it, it's still a good visual, mm-hmm. and he played it up the whole episode. And, and even the line that was thrown out there about uh, uh, those pirate tights do not exactly flatter your legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the fun gimmick of like the parrot being this plastic thing that when he's talking, it just like dips down, it falls off his shoulder, and then eventually he'll just like rip it off because it's such a fake prop that he's using. Uh, fun sort of like cheap total drama island uh, production on the side there uh, <clears throat> and then when they like announced this challenge one thing that threw me off was that they were like unveiling like this is going to be your challenge and they reveal this like tarp like jeff was reve- like revealing the reward like uh, like in a reward challenge or something but like it, it's only three chests and i was like okay so some of the keys don't work they like just sold it differently in the like the the telling of these contestants, like, hey, you're gonna have to do this, and there's only three chests, but no, there's actually like twelve or so chests, but not all of them were. It just really confused me. Like I always, like I feel like I fell into the same trap <clears throat> when I first watched this episode too. Like there are only three chests, and then magically twelve chests. Uh, but <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. So the challenge setup was was a real little strange as well. On top of the challenge. Colin and I not liking but and then they have they get their like blanket that they have to that's a, just a word I made up a uh, blanket I don't know uh, plank of wood blanket's a thing Is right it? let's make it a thing let's get a t-shirt that just says blanket on it coming soon yeah that's a what tier of a sponsor yeah, $20 tier you'll get your own blanket shirt okay. <laughs> um yeah, they get their little plank. I'm gonna I'm gonna use it. Planket of wood oh, from a go. random key location, um, and then Chris takes no mystery in the location of them, and immediately like tells them, "Oh, that's this. That's this. Have fun with that." Like instead of like having them look for it, it was just a hey. There's no search anymore because the challenge is called like search. The episode is search and do not destroy, and then. Mm. Chris immediately removes all the search by telling them where to go, like go to chef's uh, fridge and uh, you know, the bear for Owen and took a little bit of the suspense out, but they each individually have to go through and find their key. Like Trent's is in the water. Heather's is in the fridge and all these sorts of things. 
Colin, what were some mm-hmm. of the standout key huntings in the retrievals? Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, nothing. Because as I said, I was having so much trouble trying to make sense of what the rules were that I probably zoned out at all that point. Because everything you just said, this sounds new to me. And yet the funny <laughs> thing is... I can't even tell you. There were probably about a half a dozen times throughout this episode where I'm like, wait, did I just miss something? And I was I was like skipping back, skip back 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Like it was just so hard for me to follow that like obviously at some points I just completely zoned out. I think you just made that up, didn't you? That never happened. Let's get a vote. Did it happen? Mm-hmm. You got me. Oh, I mean, there all. we go. It sounds pretty believable. Yeah, but <laughs> Jared, what, Jared, what were the standouts? Come on, someone who watched the episode. Jared, what were they? I think all of it, but um, the whole, the most difficult challenge, which I'll stand by, the breaking into Chef's fridge when Heather opens it the first time and he's just standing there. I think is amazing. Then her getting Lindsay her lackey again to lower her in to the room and then chef has his moment where he snaps out of his sleep and is how come all the other kids get ponies uh, <laughs> a look at chef's uh obviously terrible childhood that he had um what else is he in the snake is is great um the fact that that, that i remember throughout, that that, I that happened good. see jerry's yeah. not a liar that's real um other than that i suppose it's got to be owen and the bear um, and anything bad happening to Owen is great in my book, and I'm glad that the bear is such like a um, iconic recurring character at this point. How about you, Ivan? What were the standouts from the challenge for you? Yeah, I thought the Trent and Gwen moments stood out for me, a bit more development for their relationship, and Trent, once again, is clever in a challenge that has to do with it was located near the dock of shame we saw him in phobia factor uh he outsmarted the mime and now he uh, threw some meat to get the sharks away from his key and then he helped Gwen out by uh flushing out the skunks i haven't interacted with too many skunks in my life but i wouldn't have thought that that would have been the solution in that scenario <laughs> Who's interacted with skunks here? Has anybody? I have a skunk story. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh. We only got an hour. Yeah. We, yeah. we well before we moved into the small town metropolis of LaSalle, Manitoba, which was before we moved into the big town city of Winnipeg. Uh, we lived in a small <laughs> community. I think I told this before. I lived in this tiny farm. We had no toilet inside. We had an outhouse. We had a Ooh. pail on a rope, which was our well. Um, but we had dogs out there and occasionally be skunks and um, our, this one dog would just attack these skunks and constantly get sprayed. So all I really remember was that the two things that you would have to bathe the dog in were like either pickle juice or like tomato juice. So apparently that takes care of the skunk smell. The other thing is our, that one dog loved to attack uh, porcupines and would constantly get porcupine quills in its mouth. Uh, and then be running back to the farmhouse and have to have them pulled out, which my dad would then bury the porcupine. And the next day, the dog would come back with quills in his mouth because it dug up and tried to chew on the dead porcupine again. But no porcupines in this episode. But skunks, I know I know how to take care of the smell, at least. Pickle juice and tomato juice. Let me just write that down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And come in real handy here in Australia. Just in case... <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, your guys are in more fun environments, dealing with more unusual animals. And where I live in San Diego, there's a few hills. You might see a snake or something, but, like, not very often. There's snakes in this episode. You can be our expert on that. Very loose definition of expert, maybe, but sure, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was, the animals are back. I think that we had a little bit of a We had some in the last episode, but they were really just the enemies. This time there were more enemies, but there were, there were some fun gags, even in the beginning that we didn't talk about, like the bird flying into Lashana's trailer and just getting killed on impact. Uh, and then the, and the seagull? Was there the seagull? I missed the that. The seagull yeah, got swallowed. 
I have to, oh my god, I missed that. I'm My so... favorite character in the whole show, the seagull got swallowed and you missed it? And, we... and you're on <laughs> my case for not mi- paying attention to this challenge? <laughs> Alright, I missed uh, one second. You missed ten One minutes. second! Our favorite character was swallowed whole. <laughs> There's no redemption from that. <laughs> you're just traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, I blocked it out of my memory. It was so painful. <laughs> That's but, all right. The producers will just put find another seagull, put another uh, soda six pack around its neck, and it'll yeah. all be good. <laughs> but okay, so the actual challenge that Colin didn't watch, um, <laughs> someone's got a villain. Um, yeah, there were definitely some fun fun moments. I love the had their whole had their sequence with the the key was really great, and I felt the. Um, Although the wiki doesn't acknowledge it, I felt like that was a total like OG Mission Impossible uh, like reference there with with her dropping the key and everything and like trying not to get caught <laughs> with Chef on this rope. But um, this slow motion, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that like that whole sequence is great. And then Lindsay, the fact that she gets distracted by like a little bug, and then like has to drop Heather and yeah, like whole great sequence. And I even surprisingly like the Owen sequence with him trying to get this key from the bear. And then, like, tr- trying to, like, tickle its nose with the key. And then all of a sudden, his head is stuck in the middle of the the bear's mouth. And then the gag gets even better when he gets to unlocking the, the chest. And he's, like, literally eaten alive. Uh, light Owen episode, but uh, good content from him this week, from my perspective. Yeah, that scene was better in the original Teletoon version, where Owen, like... Essentially, it's like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. But in the Cartoon Network version, and depending on where you live, the Netflix version, uh, it's just, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And, like, you know, it's still, oh, and it's still the same nervous energy. But, like, obviously, like, crap is, like, a higher tier of comedy than, oh, no, for me. So Wait, hold on. Ivan, you've seen the Teletoon version. Yeah, uh, I remember when the seasons first came out, they were all over YouTube. Yeah, because, I mean, we've talked about this a lot this season. Like, I mean, this show, I didn't watch it when it was originally on the air, but uh, I'm waiting for them to re-air it on Teletoon. Right now, they're only airing the Teletubby, no, Total Drama Babies, (laughs) whatever that show is. (laughs) Yeah, Teledrama Daycares, <laughs> yeah. Teledrama Rama. <laughs> yeah, like that's on, and I'm hoping that they go back and show this because we've discovered that even the Canadian Netflix is showing the American Cartoon Network cut because our subtitles uh-huh. say things like boobs and testicles and the audio is substituted out. And we've been looking for all the references of sucks in the show and even on the Canadian <laughs> Netflix, they cut it out. So I, I really want to see this. Yeah, that's weird. Like, obviously, like YouTube was a lot more lax about TV shows being uploaded in full ten years ago than they are now. But hopefully, you can find it. Yeah, I don't even remember, Jared. You're watching the ones on the YouTube on YouTube, right? Yes, I am now. Yet. So what was what did we get? Like, what was this? Ver- I don't remember what we get. Um, are we watching the Cartoon Network thing? Yeah, we just got the oh no, so we are getting the uh, censored version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so it's so confusing too because it doesn't like really articulate like what version we're watching. Like I feel like I have had some where they were like telling different. I don't know. I just feel like we're getting different versions every time I watch every different episode. So um, yeah, I'm hoping it's the Teletoon, but I'm I'll I'll settle for either at this point. Yeah those are pretty much the big differences between the two at least like you know the main stuff like a lot of the stuff i remember the most from when i think about total drama is um you know kept the same between the two dubs it's not like in pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, for example where there's drastic story differences and or, like, thematic differences between the original and here. Granted, you're taking Japanese products and you're dubbing them in English as opposed to an English-language Canadian product into a U.S. version, but still. So now that, like, we've talked about that challenge in the episodes, the format sucks, um, skunks, uh, we have to talk about the main thing of the entire episode, which took 
precedence over the challenge and everything else that pretty much happened is this confusing love story between Trent and Gwen that seems to make no sense. Jared, you called it out like week after week after week. I guess they're not talking after the sand thing. And then <clears throat> last episode, you were like, oh, they finally addressed that they don't weren't speaking. And then they were back and now they're back on this lovey-dovey like, oh, I don't like him. I don't like her or, okay, we kind of do like, and then Heather starts to get into the middle of it and, and it just like falls out from there where she sets up this elaborate scheme and then kisses Trent and sets up Gwen and they hate each other, which starts this whole Lashana tirade of like, we're going to get one of them out and everything. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Jared, first, because you've been the biggest uh, spokesperson for their relationship or anti-spokesperson for their relationship. <laughs> How did you feel this went? Oh, pretty much as expected, I suppose. Like, I'm, oh, it just bugs me even thinking about how, like, poorly it's been handled. Um, yeah, I mean, now kind of all of a sudden everything's fine. I feel like we got some kind of resolution last episode where they made up, but I can't even remember what it was because I'm so used to them. Uh, just this being a massive storyline and then them excluding it for seven episodes and then all of a sudden it's a thing again. Um, yeah, I don't think it was well handled. I kind of, I think it's fair that things, I mean, I suppose things didn't work out, but at the end we kind of get this, okay, like they do like each other, uh, and it was a mistake, but, um, yeah, I just think of all kind of the relationships this season where there's been so many, um, mm-hmm. I feel like this is the least well handled potentially, uh, you could say that Jeff and Bridget is not really um, focused on a whole heap either. Um, but I think that fits in with their characters more than this being just a massive storyline in the first couple of episodes and then just dropping off um, and then just being like a really quick wrap up to the story where I think it kind of needed to be pushed more throughout the season, just little like hints here and there. Colin, how did you feel? I know we've teased this relationship, you know, before and talking about, oh, it's one of the big ones. And you you were, I think you were even like, you know, you talk about Gwen a lot, like being a fan of Gwen. So how did you feel like they handled it? I think there's a big difference just in the way you watch the show, too, because um, we've talked about this at that point throughout the season. You know, if you're binge watching a show, it's different than if you're watching it week by week. And, you know, we're kind of doing this week by week, but where they had the most content of their story where their relationship built more even i completely get what jared's saying now that i look back in retrospect to see that it's it's there it's not there it's there it's not there and that would be frustrating but i think because that section i kind of binged watched like four or five episodes over the course of a few days uh, because i wasn't on those podcasts that it didn't feel as disjointed for me but also i get what he's saying about you know the the way last week ended i mean for me, I, I I remember the whole, you know, uh, you buried me alive. And I think I even mentioned last week that, you know, why is this as big of a deal as, as, as it was? It doesn't feel like they really made that as big of a deal. And they maybe waited too long to bring that up again. So I do see both sides. But I think that if you are watching this, you know, back to back to back, not seeing it for 22 minutes is a big difference than not seeing it for an entire week. But I, I liked the way it played out in this episode. Um, I still think that my favorite relationship would be uh, uh, Duncan and Duncan and who? What's her name? Um, Courtney. Courtney. How did I forget Courtney? Um, favorite relationship, huh? <laughs> Duncan and Courtney. Yeah, of of the ones that we've seen. Well, it, I mean, you can, if you include, you can't really include Harold and Lashana in there. That's that's something different. But uh, but I, yeah. I also think that like the Jeff and Bridget. It, it's go along with what Jared's saying. It's not just it fits the character. I mean, it's it's one dimensional too. There's nothing mm-hmm. else to it. It's just the two characters are flirty and it's not really a story. Whereas with this, we got a story and we got a conclusion out of it. Um, is it exactly the conclusion that I would have scripted for it? No, but uh, I think it's something that's memorable that, you know, if we five years from now, you know, let's rewatch this again. It'll be one of the things I look forward to is seeing how it played out with this drama, especially with Heather being involved in it. Yeah, I feel like the second they started introducing Duncan and Courtney as like another couple, this just went away. Like, like we have the 
the beginning couple of them, uh, Trent and Gwen, and then they kind of faded away with the sand incident. And then all of a sudden, Duncan and Courtney were built up. And then they were kind of put on end when she was eliminated. And now, okay, well, now we need to really focus on a couple. And then they tried to focus on Jeff and Bridget, but they didn't really go too far with it. And then, all right, we got to go back to Trent and Gwen. And that's kind of where we're at now. And I feel like the second, the next episode is going to be, they're going to talk about Bridget and Jeff being interested in each other. I feel like, cause now that we've lost all sort of relationships, we're down to only one at this point. Like they're going to be talked about regardless of whether or not they're eliminated. It's just like, they're going to be in the front and center. And do you remember me saying a couple weeks ago? It's like, I feel like either Jeff or Bridget is going next because how much further can you go with this? Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah. What seemed to be the more major relationship gap ended earlier, interestingly enough. Well, I feel like the most, like these, the two relationships we've really, I mean, we've had a few scattered throughout. Like, yeah, technically Lindsay and Tyler were having their thing or whatever at the beginning. But like, Dave couple. The two substantial relationships that we've had have been Trent and Gwen and Duncan and Courtney, and they've had major mm-hmm. fallout. Like, it wasn't just, oh, yeah, they're, one is eliminated. Like, Harold played his idol and then. Like, you know, this whole sort of like manipulation by Heather, like really dramatic eliminations in terms of like these characters, like it was not like a simple thing that just happened with them. It had to be like a dramatic situation. So I guess I can appreciate that, like these relationships that are a little bit more one than more than one note have deep impact, at least on the the air quotes game that's been ha- being played. I mean, what were some of your like fondness of memories or like what did you take away from this whole resolution of this relationship that we've gotten or or not gotten if you're jared's perspective yeah so in the first few episodes the way they like you know built up one and trent how they just have like a conversation which i thought like was a really mature way to start a relationship between two 16 year olds like yeah there's some attraction there as there are from pretty much every relationship, regardless of what age you are, but they're just talking about random things for two days in that awakeathon, and they that's when they realize that you know they had a connection. And there's a few bumps in the road, like Heather reading Gwen's diary, uh, Trent leaving Gwen buried in the sand, and then a few moments where like you know they really did trust each other again. I think it was pretty cool, and I think it gave Gwen, like, some, like, ray of hope, because she's one of the people who hates being on this show the most, particularly in the beginning. I didn't sign up for this. This is ridiculous. Uh, I hate it here. Everyone here is an idiot, like, but except for Trent. Like, he he was the exception, and now Gwen has to figure out where to go from here. I think Ivan also brings up an interesting point, and it's one of the things that I struggle the most with watching the show is to constantly remind myself these are supposed to be teenagers. These aren't adults because so much of what plays out on the show, like, well, they would never do this on a teen show. They would never put teens on an island, period. And the fact that they, uh, especially the way that it was introduced, uh, you know, this week with her sitting there sketching the picture of him and everything, like, it it felt more like something that 16-year-olds would do. So it was easier for me to remember, okay, this is kids. This isn't, you know, 20-somethings and what they would do on Big Brother or something like that. Yeah. yeah it, 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 this was the very teen, a very teen episode, like you know, sketching the guy and then leaving a love note at your bed and, and come meet this place at this random spot. And, like, just, and then even the manipulation by Heather was very teen. It was like, oh, I'm going to trick her and like, trick him at the same time and like it just felt very teen teen drama movie uh, i want to yeah. definitely get... oh um uh, yeah the part with the note reminded me of like i'm not sure if you ever gave a cr- crush in like middle school or high school like a note of that nature but like it reminded me of when i did that once <laughs> uh, a part of this whole um relationship yeah thing that we got is i would definitely want to get your perspective on this colin is um your winner pick sort of doing this whole manipulation uh you know by tricking gwen and and trent simultaneously that they didn't like each other uh how did you feel this 
was in in planning and doing and then seeing it pay off? How did you feel that this was going for your winner pick here? I mean, as far as what are our chances of winning, I would say now none. Like I, I think a couple of weeks ago when we did the midseason thing, I kind of revised and said, you know, these are two or three characters that I could potentially see winning and this is how I could see it happen. I would still include Heather there. I think that her move is now so villainous that especially because this is a kid's show, there's no way that she is going to come out as the winner. Um, I really hope to see her at the end, though, and that they can continue to build this. I mean, if if this ends up being Heather versus Gwen, well, then again, you have like such a you know brilliant finale you could have out of that. You know, whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know. Uh, but the way that Jared mentioned, like the the Trent Gwen thing, it's sort of there, it's not there. I, I do agree, it doesn't really work, especially in a relationship where these people they would be trying to be around each other more often. I think in a feud, it works even better to constantly be seeing sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. If this was every single week, Heather interfering with Gwen and, you know, Heather scheming and trying to ruin people's lives, it wouldn't make as much sense. But then having Heather do this simply for the game, and I think she even had that line where she's like, I'm really enjoying this game now. And I'm like, that that's great for her as a character, as the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how it wasn't a deal breaker for you that Heather read Gwen's diary in the talent show as a winner pick. Cause it's a pretty interesting like winner arc, you know, but um, well, again, my thinking at the time, yeah. I think especially because I saw that this was, you know, it's an animated show, but they're definitely going the route of let's torture these contestants. And I was thinking mostly right. if this is modeled after survivor, how did the first survivor season end? It ended with the villain winning. Right. And, but now just seeing yeah. how much further she's gone, I'm like, yeah, I don't think they'll quite go that far. Right. Yeah. I would relate Richard Hatch to a different character more due to the nudity, but yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I was going to go next with that before we started getting into Survivor references. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jared, talk about Heather. Um, <laughs> oh, Heather's a legend. Um, yep. I think there's so many moments throughout this season and going back, like, I mean, she's she's always been one of my favorite characters, but just seeing kind of rewatching and seeing from the start and I think kind of you have a couple of these key standout moments throughout the season and I love when she gets into kind of more of the strategy and she's thinking numbers and how can she get her way and we have like to start with you've got like the Eva and her like mp3 player and then we get um Gwen's diary and now here we are again with this whole big scheme and the fact that now kind of there's all of a sudden this three person alliance where uh, Easy has kind of been dragged into uh, the alliance, <laughs> replacing beloved Bell just uh, eight episodes later or whatever. Um, I just think this whole sequence is really well handled. The fact that she thinks things through and she kind of works out ways to pit people against each other. Um, the love note is great. I think it's like a really like uh, cliche, perfect plot line to use. I also love. Uh, poor Lindsay under the bed when she's covered in cockroaches, which is so disgusting and foul. Uh, and the fact that she's such a trooper and, and sticks that out. Lindsay in the tree again with when she's doing the bird signal and then all the birds are joining her. Um, I think this is just a great episode for both Heather and Lindsay. Um, and I'm glad kind of that we've had this. I, I mean, I talked about Gwen and Trent's storyline being kind of dropped off and picked back up and just not handled well. But I think, like, the Alliance um, is a storyline that's handled really well and is just kind of constant throughout but not too in your face. Um, yeah, and I just think this is really clever. And the fact that it ends up being uh, LaShauna having Gwen's back and then going around and kind of um, making this vote happen, it's like... Yes, Heather has like the blood on her hands because everybody knows it's her by the end. But the fact that somebody else has gone off and done kind of the dirty work of pooling people together and getting the vote to go uh, the way that Heather wanted, um, I just think is really clever. Yeah. And it was nice to see Lashana get active uh, in the strategic front again. Like the last time we really see her push like some sort of strategy. It wasn't even really successful. Like she suggested voting out Heather after the cooking challenge, but it ended up going with Beth. 
So yeah, Lashana, you know, she's a very fierce competitor as well. She's she doesn't take it to the same level that Heather does, but s- seeing these two good players end up somehow helping each other, although Lashana was also manipulated by Heather in the process, is pretty interesting. This whole like Lashana sequence and like kind of love note thing that happened with Gwen and Trent was the most like survivor thing that we've seen I feel like we've seen on this show so far like I felt so much like I felt like just in an actual survivor episode and then the fact that like you know Lashana was scrambling she was running to everyone she's like we've got to do this like this should be the plan got to between you know Trent and Heather because I saw them do this and, and Gwen told me this and like she's on board to do that and like mm-hmm. just trying to go to everyone like regardless of what tribe they started on like it was full-on across the mm-hmm. board and it just felt really I felt like there was so much strategy that we haven't seen sometimes, like in episodes, like, like no shock, Eva went last week. Like there was no strategy yeah. to, yeah. Like, to have it. This one was it just like a refreshing thing. Yeah. Eva had the most obvious boot episode since Roger Bingham. I mean, Roger Sexton in the Amazon. Like it was just a foregone conclusion. Everyone hated her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and, and that was really kind of the, the culmination of the episode because i mean it pretty much ended that heather's plan ended up coming true in the sense that it was going to be either her or trent at the end and she had invincibility so it was trent um as much as i credit heather with this great strategy of like trying to put these people who were almost inseparable against each other um she totally lucked out in the fact that she had invincibility like this should not have worked if she had Mm -hmm. like had she lost invincibility, like she would have been gone. Um, yeah. Just... And that was the best part about how they kind of manufactured how the challenge would award invincibility to somebody. Like if you're going to make that happen, like you, it definitely has to factor into like the actual outcome of the episode. Like you don't want to just give like, Oh, congratulations, Duncan, you win immunity, even though like, you're pretty irrelevant this episode. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunate way that the challenge shaked up, but I mean, a, gr- a dramatic ending. And then obviously Trent sitting there so smug uh, mm-hmm. the entire time, like, I- I've made friends, I've got this, and then he's gone. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we sort of get a culmination ending. But it, it, yeah, all things are well, and their kiss was not ha- did not happen because Chris had to, to ruin it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah, just yeah, want to this really episode. quickly uh, talk about the way that... Um, the way that Trent kind of goes out because every other time in the past where we've had somebody leave and there's been drama around it, it feels open-ended, which I think works so well because somebody was going to be coming back. And again, I might be wrong, but to, to me, this felt like, okay, they've, they've crossed the bridge where nobody else is coming back after this point. So we have to start wrapping stories up. And maybe it's because I'm just so mm-hmm. used to every single week. It's like, oh, there's something unresolved here. So this person might come back that it caught me a little off guard. I was almost waiting for something to happen with Trent or maybe he left. And then it was only then Gwen realized, you know, oh, Heather was manipulating the whole time. He didn't do anything wrong. And then she feels bad about it. So maybe I think on a rewatch, this would play better for me. But I almost didn't want a happy, happy ending here. Yeah, I think so, because there's still uh, 10 episodes left of this season, so there's plenty of time to get that happy ending, but in episode 16, it's still a bit too early for that. Colin, you're just a, a an anti-love person. That's what, that's. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you're just a hater. <laughs> that's where the three kids came from. <laughs> But you know yeah. what? I only it only took two tries because of the twins. So I. <laughs> All right, we're, we're ending this. All right, get out. <laughs> a little bit less love, get a little bit more, you know, product out. Of- <laughs> All right, um, Colin, rate the episode. Um, uh, you know, I'm gonna rent it just because I really did like what they did with the the drama in this, and I, I do agree with Jared. I think there are a lot of big standout moments, but. I just don't think the episode's story overall came together. And I, I just would have, like I said earlier, I would have rather this just been one of these episodes where challenge is sort of taking a backseat, let's focus on the characters. And instead it ended up being like, let's focus on the challenge and throw the characters in the middle. Jared, go. Bye.
you're leaving? By every day of the week, this episode. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, that's it. I guess you want to add. Uh, um, I've. Uh, for me, I would say I would rent it because it was a pretty interesting episode. We saw some good Heather moments. There were some funny gags and stuff, and we culminated one of the biggest storylines of the season. But we still there's too many characters that were kind of in the background for me this episode, aka the entire original Killer Bass. Aside from like Jeff, you know, he was kind of you know, he had a few more speaking lines than everyone else, but Bridget and DJ and Duncan, they were kind of just there. Yeah, unfortunate that we lost some people for this singular soul episode, but uh, we'll see if they reappear next episode. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry, Jared, but I'm going to outnumber you on this. Uh, I'm going to rent it as well. Take um, that, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is some payback for you where we were like oh this is such a buy and you were like this episode is terrible like the beginning of the season so this is uh, Jared's uh, revenge or Colin's revenge on Jared my revenge <laughs> you did it <laughs> <laughs> okay whatever um Colin, thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, it is now time for me to walk the planket. Uh-huh. You do that. Uh, Jared, then you. Not a problem. I'll be sure to pick a different rating than you next time. <laughs> is that a challenge? This is just going to be war. Whoever rates it first, the other ones. That's a threat. From now on, it's going to be like, Jared's like, this episode is such a buy. Rossi's like, binning it. Rossi's like, oh, best episode of the season. Jared's like, I agree, but I'm binning it. Just out of principle. In spite of you, I am bidding this. All right, and I'm, um, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me again. This is another fun discussion, and enjoy watching this season and talking about it with you guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for episode 17. All right, sounds good. Walk yeah, hide and be sneaky. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.